Today we're going to talk about how you can recruit and train volunteer leaders in your ministry during COVID. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! Hello, heroes. My name is Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where ministry leaders come to learn some tips and tricks and how to do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today I am excited to have Steve Cullum back on the podcast with me. Steve is a friend of mine that we go back with some blogging days and we both blog for Orange and do some part of the blogging team with Orange and we have other connections as well. But uh, Steve is a veteran um, student minister who we were on the podcast before about talking about video games and how he was using that for ministry. And I'll include that link in the show notes so you can refer back to that because it's a great thing that he's doing with video games in ministry. But today we're going to talk about how he is recruiting and training leaders right now during COVID. Because I don't know about you, with me, we're having a hard time doing both of those during COVID. It's been really challenging for us. And so I brought Steve on to talk about that because he's having more success than I am. So we had a really good conversation about that. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode right now, talking to Steve Cullum about how to recruit and train volunteers during COVID. With me right now is my friend, Steve Cullum. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. How's it going? I'm doing good. I see, again, we're, this is just the audio, but I can see you right now because we're doing this on Zoom, and I see you're wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. I forgot, you were, you were from that area, right? Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, 10 years doing ministry uh, in the Boston suburbs of southern New Hampshire, and uh yeah, the, the first year I, I moved out there in 2007 when they won the World Series, and uh, yeah, it was easy to get hooked on <laughs> as a fan and and uh, stayed on as a fan uh, since moving outside the New England area. Um, not as, as close, you know, to the team physically and also like following them nearly as much as I used to, but uh, but yeah, still a fan. Yeah, that's cool. And you're out you're out in the Colorado area right now. So do you go do you ever get to go see the Rockies play? Yeah, we went to one game a couple of years ago. Um due to COVID and everything, of course, we couldn't go last year, but, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm not, a am not a Rockies fan at all. In fact, I'm really not a fan of any of the, uh, the Colorado sports teams, which is <laughs> great to go from, you know, new England, where I became a fan of pretty much every sport out there that they played and, uh, and then moved to the Denver area and, uh, yeah, not really a, a big fan of any of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is very interesting. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Steve, you and I go back a ways, uh, and I know who you are. You've been on the podcast before, but for anybody who doesn't know who you are and they're listening, uh, you share quickly about uh, who you are and what you do and you know, kind of where you're from. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as Tom said, I'm right now I'm uh, in Longmont, Colorado. So it's uh, a, a suburb basically of, of Denver. Um, people call it a suburb of Boulder, but uh we're like almost the same size as Boulder. Um, so it's kind of funny to, to be referred to as that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's north, north of Denver. And um, yeah, I've been the student pastor here leading middle school and high school for the last four years. 
Before that, I did spend 10 years in a uh, newer church plant in uh, the Boston area. And uh, that was awesome to, to be able to lead a student ministry kind of from the ground up in a new church plant there. And uh, then came here and completely opposite experience. Uh, it's a really, really old church. And I followed a ton of different youth pastors that came before me. And uh, before that, I grew up in Illinois. So I've been uh, did ministry uh, growing up and did college seminary and everything in Illinois, then had some experience in New England and then uh, moved here. But uh, kind of just working backwards, I, I grew up in the church and just fell in love with, with Jesus at a young age, um, had it serving in the church kind of modeled for me by all my family, especially my grandparents. And uh, then when I got into high school, really loved uh, working with the youth group and got some experiences with my youth pastor, uh, both with children's ministry and kids and uh, student ministry and uh, camps and all that stuff. And just, yeah, God uh, revealed to me that he He wanted me to 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 go on this path of, uh, being a, a professional, um, minister, I guess. And, uh, so it set me on the path of student ministry and I've been loving it ever since. That's great. That, that, that is great. Uh, so you kind of come back to the Midwest area from your, how far away are you from Illinois now? Uh, I'm about two hours closer. Okay. Oh, no, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. It's, it went from like 20 hours to like, well, I guess 18 hours to 16 hours. Dang, so it's, okay. it's really not that much closer. Yeah. My dad is excited that I'm two hours closer, but I was like, <laughs> dad, it's, it's still 16 hours. Like <laughs> it's Dang, not I that just, close. I just thought it just seemed like it was closer, but you're right. You're right. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you like better middle school or high school ministry? Oh man. It all depends. Um, I think, I think both have their, their pros and cons for sure. Uh, I love the, the energy of middle schoolers. I love uh, just doing goofy stuff with them and, and how things are like so new. Um, but, uh, but I love being able to sit down with a high school student, just really talk life and, and faith and stuff too. So I don't know. I, I could, it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think I'm right there with you again. I, I started off in middle school ministry, although I wanted to do high school ministry, I started off in middle school ministry and I love just the, the goofiness of it. And, and the kids just appreciate you spending time with them, but then the depthness of the high school and what you can do with those high school students uh, is really kind of meaningful and impactful. So, yeah. All right. So let's get into our topic today. We're going to talk about leadership uh, and we're going to talk about uh, leader recruitment training and kind of development type of stuff um, because you and I were talking and, and I said, man, my leadership core has taken a hit in the sense mm. of we've lost a lot of leaders over the past two years. Uh, and it's hard for us to find them and uh, uh, recruit them again and then really mobilize them. So I want to talk to you, with you a little bit about that and what that looks like for you and what you're doing at your, in your ministry. So just give us a kind of a general overview what has it been like over the past two years for you? And then maybe even some things that you were starting to do and then we'll kind of continue the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, COVID was just a, an incredibly difficult thing. Um, and for many, many reasons, um, obviously the the health reasons and, and all that stuff. But I think what we realized is like, how do we actually recruit leaders during this time? How do we continue to pour into them? And they were getting tired and getting kind of burned out, I think, uh, by a lot of, of what was going on uh, within, you know, like the student ministry world, like, hey, like, how do we do this online? And how is in person? And I got to think outside the box. And it's been, you know, they're doing all this as a volunteer. And so, um, you know, trying to, to put all that, that 
mental effort into all of that on top of, you know, sticking with it and everything. So, so we had a lot of leaders that, that really stuck with it. Um, and it was great, but we did have some that opted out during that time. And then we had some others that, um, that jumped on board, which is really exciting. But at the same time, we're like, okay, like, what do we do? How do we, we went, we're in the middle of trying to figure all these things out. So there were some leaders that I told, just hold on, <laughs> we'll get you to where you need to be. Um, but just give us some patience right now, because we're kind of trying to re like figure out how this is going to look moving forward because, you know, COVID sent us all for a whirlwind. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think some of the ways that we've been able to, to recruit during this time has been, um, really just kind of going back to that, that ask, um, has been just really big and it is incredibly difficult when you can't meet in person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for churches that are still out there that have either not gone back to in person or are still are like, have been sent back to online only. Um, I feel for you because I, I really like it's, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's next to impossible to really do recruiting well. Um, during those times. And so thankfully we we've been back in person for about a year um, now, and um, that's been able to kind of given us the opportunity to meet people and stuff. Um, funny enough that uh, I think, you know, we were talking probably about a year or so, maybe a little over a year ago. And, and I was talking to you about like, what's it like to be, you know, youth pastor and online campus pastor and everything. And, uh, and then lo and behold, I kind of found myself in that same role. And, um, and I've been kind of overseeing our online campus, our greeters and the chat rooms and all that stuff. And it has sucked me out of the, the lobby during those times because I need to be fully invested in overseeing online stuff. Yep. And that made it really, really difficult for me because I was not meeting any new people that could then invest in our students. So here recently, I've finally been able to uh, start sharing that responsibility with someone else on our staff. And so now I'm able to be back in the, in the lobby and be present and actually meet people that I could recruit. But during that time, it really, it came down to asking our existing leaders, like who else do you know that we need to get on this team and, and trying to put a little more responsibility on them, asking our, the rest of our staff and, and stuff like that. And so through that, uh, we've actually, and going back to like previous students that have now graduated as well and, and stuff. So we actually have added, um, I think the number was 10. We've added 10 brand new leaders for this year. Um, just being able to, to, to just go about it. Like we have to do extra work, but it's, it's going after people and being able to give them the, those opportunities. So yeah, it's been really exciting. And, and I'll just say like, we've done our hard work, but I really believe it's, it's, it's just trusting the Holy spirit in, in this entire thing and just saying, Hey God, like we need people, we know it's difficult. Um, and we need to sh you to show up. Yeah. Um, okay. So I heard a lot of stuff here and this is good stuff here uh, because I think a lot of us can identify uh, with this, especially the student ministry role. Um, I didn't realize you took on an online component of your yeah. job, um, yeah. but, but that's more the norm of what I was hearing is that a lot of student ministers were taking on the norm the role. So, okay. So some things that I heard you say was that you're telling your existing leaders to, to hold on, just hang on with us a, a little bit longer. Did you lose anybody? Did did some people not hang on? Um, I think we had, we had like one or two that, okay. that did not. Um, but most of them did. Yeah. 
And, and we did have it, we've had recently a, a couple of leaders that have been hanging on for a while um, that have been doing ministry for years and years and years and, uh, and have just recently said, Hey, Kate, Hey, Steve, I, I think it's my time to, to step off. Um, but that didn't have anything to do with COVID. I think they, they were able to, they, they've been holding on to that for a long time. Even before me, there was a lot to turnover and they were just really holding on for the students. And I think they felt comfortable now stepping out. And and letting the younger um, people, the newer people that we're bringing on, uh, take over. But I think we had like one or two that stepped out during during COVID, and and we're kind of just they weren't up for it. Um, but most of them were able to hang on. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Um, that, that's fantastic. Okay, another thing I heard you say is that uh, because you were helping out with the online stuff, you weren't able to be out in the front with people. And as you were sharing that, I'm like that's my life. Like I'm, I haven't really been able to be out there and meeting new people and greeting new people because I'm in the back working on the online stuff. And if mm -hmm. I ever do come out to the front and talk to a few people here or there, um, it's only for a few minutes because I'm like, Oh crud, I got to get back. You know, we're starting another service. Yep. And so that's extremely challenging, extremely hard. And so I think there's a lot of value in, in you recognizing that, 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 and, and saying that's important. If, if you're a student minister and you're listening to this right now, if you're not out in the front with people and interacting with people, you're missing good opportunities, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, we, we used to run our student ministry, all of our programming on Sunday morning. And uh, one of the changes we made last year was to move that to Sunday night so that we could have more opportunities. So students could get involved on Sunday morning and worship and serving and all those sort of things which was great. But then in the process, it took me out because I took on this additional responsibility. I'm like, oh man, well, I've given our students and those volunteers those opportunities, but how am I doing that? Um, so I needed to be proactive and seeking you know, some way to at least be out there sometimes. And that's really good. Now, are you still carrying on at this moment, the online responsibilities and the student ministry responsibilities? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. I, I listen. I, I love the online component, and but then there's also that part of the student ministry component that I I love too. And so it's mm -hmm. a balancing act. It, uh, you know, I, I think I I am a little bit older than you. Um. So, but but as I think about getting older, it, that transition becomes more evident. But um. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, talk about this. Okay. So you've been able to get out and and meet with some people, and you've gotten some new leaders. What are you doing for onboarding process now during this time? Like what, what have you done so far and what are you looking to do? Yeah. So actually our, our executive pastor asked us a couple of weeks ago, well, I guess a couple of months ago now, um, both our kids ministry and student ministry team, they're like, what, what are a couple of things that you're really prioritizing this, this next school year? And, uh, and I told them one thing is our, is our uh, guest experience, um, making sure that we're, we're having a lot of new students that have started coming during COVID, which is awesome. Um, but what are we doing to really greet them and make sure they're following up and getting them plugged in? Uh, and the other side of things really was leadership development and how we're um, from, from the ground up, from re the recruiting process to onboarding, to ongoing training, uh, to really setting up our leaders to for success, because we know that we there's no way that we're gonna be able to reach as many students as we should be able to um, on our own. We need to, I need to multiply myself. I need to uh, use other, you know, other leaders that that we get that God allows us to invest in and then, you know, send them out to, to be able to do the work of, of Christ for these students. And so 
yeah, our onboarding process really, it comes down to, um, they have an application and, and I've added in, we have usually several conversations with me, um, that's, uh, usually over coffee or grab lunch or whatever, and just get to know those, those people. If I don't already, um, a lot of our leaders are coming in because I went after them or someone that I really trust has went after them and, uh, and invited them to join, or they're a former student that I've been working with for the last three or four years. And so a lot of them, I, I know already, or I know the people that I, that, uh, that have recruited them and I trust them. And so, um, a lot of that is kind of talking through the ministry, um, getting to hear their story a little bit more and stuff like that. And then from that point on, we we've implemented, um, a couple different training, uh, elements. So we're going to start to use uh, Youth Ministry University from DYM this year and require that all of our existing leaders and any onboarding uh, or any new leaders that came on, come on board will go through the 101 uh, course that they have there. So they're really all on the same page. And then we'll use that periodically throughout the year um, for continued training. But anybody that comes on board, they do the application process, the interviews, all that stuff, and then they'll go through one-on-one. And then we have one big training that we do with uh, DYM, again, the National Day of, of Volunteer Youth Ministry Training that we've hosted at our church the last three years. And um, yeah, we pretty much require all of our leaders to go through that training. It's like a half a day Saturday morning training. And that's our big day of training that we do for all leaders every year. It generates a lot of excitement and really they have excellent speakers that just kind of, they cover a lot of stuff. That's, it's so great for them to hear from other voices at that, at that moment. And so that's like our big thing. And then um, once a month, we we've implemented a, uh, a gathering for our team. So that's really not even training. This is really more along the lines of uh, investment in each other um, to gather together once a month on a Wednesday evening. Uh, we do our, our ministry on Sunday nights. So Wednesday evening, uh, once a month, we'll gather together for um, prayer, celebrating stories, um, hearing from each other. We'll talk about some aspect of ministry during that time, but uh, the goal for that is to cover uh, whatever can be covered in like an in-person thing. If it's, it's not necessarily information, I will email that to our leaders. Um, that time is really for, for us to, to invest in each other and really treat it kind of like a small group kind of environment a little bit. And then, um, then we have our weekly, uh, programs where we ask our leaders to be there 30 minutes early for a huddle. We just talk through the night and pray together. So it's a really simple thing, but it's another touch point that we have throughout the year. Dude, that's awesome. Okay. Again, you said a lot of great stuff here. So <laughs> we're going to go back and, and dig into this. I love the fact that you do this uh, where when you're talking to someone about they fill out the application and then you go through a series of conversations and meetings, coffee or, or lunch. I, I just know that this is very valuable. From my experience, I know this. Um, uh, there was one time I took a girl, she used to be a former student of mine and she went to the local university and I was like, um, I was like, this girl's going to be a great leader. She's going to be fantastic. Um, I can't wait to get her. And so we went to have coffee and we kind of just went over the job application um, that we had. And I was like, this is going to be a piece of cake. This is going to be easy. The stuff that she said on that job application, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't have this girl be a leader. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> when, like, and so I, I want to encourage people to think that, that what you do with these conversations is so vitally important because you think you know somebody and then you get into these conversations and really work through these things. And it's 
it, it can be completely off the wall stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we, we were having a chat um, with some other, with some other leaders a while back and we were talking through, you know, is, is there a way to, to kind of simplify that process or make it as quick as it needs to be? And, and I think that's a really healthy balance that you have to walk within your ministry is like, you do want to make it as, as simple as possible, but don't, don't make it something that you rush through. Because this, like this role, especially as a small group leader, you may have some other roles that are easier for a new leader or someone to, to step in that, that doesn't require nearly as much, but as a small group leader, that's a big role. And, uh, you don't want to just throw anybody in there, um, without actually hearing their story and figuring out what really their heart is and, and background checks and all that stuff. Yeah. I, and you're right. The background checks is important too, because you, you, you never know what kind of pops up on them. Um, the other thing I want to hit on is uh, the training with Download Youth Ministry. I know you're really tied in with those guys. Uh, and I see your postings about the, the training. Um, we host, we had our, we did our training, just our team this year um, for the Download Youth Ministry training. But I love that stuff because I, here's the deal. I think as a younger student minister, I always just prided myself. And maybe it was a little arrogance to say, I'm going to train my leaders. I'm going to do this. I don't need somebody else's stuff. But what I've really discovered over the years is that the, the content that Download Youth Ministry produces and shares is so, so good. And that, that, that three-hour training that they do every September, the National Youth Worker Training Day or something, it's such a long word. I, I always it is, mumble yeah. up the word. But um, th- that is really important because I love that they, they give you some lessons, then they give you time to talk about it with your team. We, the last two years we've done that, and it's been such a valuable experience for us and for our team to really kick off our year. Talk to me about your all's experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's so great to, to kick off the year with that. Um, and, and I think very similarly, like you probably have, have had this experience so many times. I know I have where, you know, you get a parent that comes to you and says, I don't know why, but you said something that I've been telling my kid for the last 10 years because it came out of your mouth, Tom, they actually heard you and they've like started to put it into practice. And, uh, and I feel like that's the same way with me and our leaders. Like I may say something over and over and over again, but just because Heather Flees says it, or Jessica Sanchez (laughs) says it, or, or Doug Field says it all of a sudden, like it holds more weight and they heard it. And I'm like, man, I've been telling you that for the last three years. Why didn't you listen to me? No. Um, but, uh, but it's so great because, because they do see them kind of as these, as really key leaders within the student ministry world. Um, they're, they've been making some huge impacts across the, the country. And so it's really cool to have those voices speak into our youth ministry and, and it's something that I benefit from hearing them all the time. I read their books. I listen to their podcasts. I, I read their blogs. Like I go to their conferences and I grow from all of those people all the time. Um, but it's really cool to be able to bring those people digitally into our room and yeah. say, hey, here's some of the experts that I've been growing from. Um, and they they have some things to speak into you as a volunteer as, as well. And uh, it's been so awesome to generate conversations around uh, different things that we can do better, not only uh, as a whole overall ministry, but also them within their, their individual ministries and their small groups as well. Yeah, that's, that is really awesome. And it's so true um, what you just said. Uh, when you host it, do you host it for other churches to come into your building too? So yeah. how how is that? I, I I would imagine that's a great opportunity for you to meet some of the other churches too. It is, yeah. So so I'm also the the Colorado director for the National Network of Youth Ministries. So 
networking just naturally is just in my blood. Like I love networking. I love connecting with the other youth pastors. And in fact, I was talking to my wife yesterday um, about how I think that was really tough on me. And I didn't realize it until recently how important networking is for me. And I think of all of the other youth pastors as well to have those other people in our lives that we're rubbing shoulders with and everything. And, um, and throughout COVID, like the pandemic and like early in the pandemic, especially we just didn't have those connections as much. And that was, that was really tough on me. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but, uh, but it made ministry harder, um, because I wasn't connected. And so being able to provide an opportunity for our volunteers to also have those connections has been really cool. Um, similar to like, we do a lot of camps and, and retreats and stuff like that with other churches, with our, with our youth group. Um, this is very similar to that. So we bring other churches in and, uh, usually it's, it's, network um our local network churches so others from around town or near our community and uh it's usually like three or four um maybe five other churches that, that join us but it's a really cool experience for for them to yeah like i said rub shoulders with other youth leaders from other churches and uh encourage each other and similar to our students in our youth group realize that this is this is a lot bigger than the four walls they see every sunday yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I, I think it's a great thing. Whenever, again, we've done in the past two years, we've just done it at our church, but it would be great to, to do that with other churches. Um, another thing you said is about the, your Wednesday night gatherings. Um, I, I like that because we try to do ours, you know, people are busy all the time and trying to find the right day is never perfect. And so we always would go, let's do it right after church on a Sunday afternoon. We'll do lunch together and we'll cram it in for like an hour and whatnot. But it always feels rushed. It always feels not intentional. Um, but I like how you do it on Wednesday night. And I, it just dawned on me. It was like a light bulb. Like, duh, that's, that's people go out and do stuff once a month. Anyways, it's once a month. It's on a weekday. It's not like you're taking up their Friday or Saturday night. You're mm-hmm. doing it during the weekday when they probably don't have a ton going on. How has that experience been for your team? It's been really good. It's something we we just started, actually, because um, we've tried those other things. Like you said, I try to do it Sunday after church or I try to cram it in like come an extra hour early before youth group or whatever. And it was it was just always tough um, to make that happen and to really set aside uh, quality time for it. And, and so, um, really looking at the calendar this year, we're like, okay, we need to make this a priority. And in order to make that happen, it needs to be on a different day. And, um, and we really need to be able, like, I need to be able to have it in a place where I don't want to feel rushed because I want to put the quality time into that as well. So we decided on once a month because it's once a month. Like I think everybody can do once a month and we decided on an hour and a half time and um and then yeah it just it made sense for wednesday i always like the idea of wednesday ministry uh we just couldn't pull it off we can't pull it off in our context because a lot of kids have stuff going on throughout the week and but uh we it just worked out where a lot of our leaders said yeah we could we could do wednesday and uh we're going to try once a month and and so yeah so far we've only done one um this school year but uh but it was really great to get the whole team together and on a Wednesday, we could be a little more relaxed. I wasn't rushed from one thing to the next, and we could, we could actually invest in each other. Yeah, it's almost like if you met with a small group, like a home group kind of thing. So that sounds really cool. All right, it was Steve, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, kind of as we wrap up here, what what else? How else would you encourage us with leader recruitment or or training or development? 
Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that uh, one of, one of the biggest things that I can think of as well, like a lot of people just say that leaders that I've met over the years, like I'm just not a gifted recruiter. That's just not how God wires me. And so how do I get leaders? And I think one of the biggest uh, encouragements that I believe Doug Fields told me like years and years ago, um, they said, if, it's, if that's not your thing, you need to make it your thing for at least one person and recruit like crazy, get all the, the recruiting guts that you have and put it into finding one person. And that one person is going to be that key recruiter for you. So if you, if you don't feel like you're a gifted recruiter, get a gifted recruiter on your team, um, find someone that can help you with that. Um, and, and make that one of your top priorities because we can't do this alone. Um, there's, there's no way, um, our capacities are just only so much and we need each other. We need more people to, to grow that team of volunteers and, and be able to give them an opportunity to invest in the lives of the next generation. And it's huge. And so, so yeah, if, if you don't feel like you're a gifted recruiter, find someone else that is, um, and get them on your team and have them help you. And I think the same thing with training and all that stuff as well. Like, don't feel like you have to do it all. Like there's a lot of great resources out there from DYM to orange to youth specialties to, uh, the youth cartel. There's so many great things, um, leadership, uh, stuff all, all out there. So make sure you're relying on all the resources, um, that are out there and don't feel like you have to do all the recruiting and training on all that stuff on your own. Yeah. I, I, I agree with both those things. And actually, it made me think of the one thing that you had said earlier about how you were able to recruit some former students of yours uh, to, to be uh, to help out with that. And that's a real that's a goldmine. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you even if you get two of them, that's two people that stuck around after high school and then that are able to contribute. And so you can be investing in those people as well. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it's really great for that because. You don't have to you don't have to explain the ministry to them either. Yeah. They've they've been through it. They know that. So then you can kind of just skip past that part of it. Yeah, no, that's so true. That is very true. So this has been good. Well, Steve, this has been awesome. This has been encouraging and been helpful. You've given me some great insights. And um, and so that's been awesome. Uh if people want to follow up with you, uh, where can they find you? And and I know you got a blog and a podcast, so share about that as well. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah, it's been great to, to be on again and just chat with you. I, I love talking with ministry with you anytime I get time. So it's been great. Um, yeah, that if people want to connect with me, probably the easiest way is my my blog. It's stevecullum.com. So that's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M.com. And you'll find links to my social media. Um, my uh, podcast is on there as well. My blog post um, podcast is called the student ministry podcast and uh been doing it for it'd be six years in february i believe uh so it's kind of crazy that it's uh been that long but um for the most part i i do the same thing as you as i interview other youth workers and and chat about ministry and and uh hear what they're going through and so yeah if you want to find that on any any of your favorite podcast apps or whatever we'd love to have you follow it and, and listen as well um but yeah stevecullum.com and the student ministry podcast that is fantastic. Okay, last question, uh, throwing you a curveball, but are you looking forward to the next phases of this Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything that's happening there? <laughs> that's a great question. That could be an entire episode. Tom. It could be. I know. Uh, I am. I am. I. I really am. I'm. I'm excited to see where they go next. Uh, I feel like they they did this this whole you know uh, Infinity Saga and got that like the the original story that they probably had in mind uh, accomplished. 
And now they're just having fun and they're playing around with a bunch of different stuff and, and seeing what sticks. Um, I'm really excited to see the X-Men come into the MCU. Um, mutants are one of my favorites. In fact, I, I was a longtime fan of X-Men before I liked the Avengers and all that stuff. Uh, other than Spider-Man, Spider-Man's my favorite, but X-Men, like the entire team of X-Men uh, are my favorite. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm not as much of a fan of the Fantastic Four, but uh, I'm excited to see them bring all that in too and see how that all that works together. So yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not a Fantastic Four fan either. Um, but they're like they're like they're his, Marvel's first family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So they're like they're really big. So you need to introduce them at some point. It is gonna be interesting to see how they introduce all these people that they brought over from 21st Century Fox and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see how they're gonna get Venom involved in this because that's an element of Spider-Man that's in there too. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I love following how they have the shows, they have the movies. It's one big massive craziness. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think it's I mean, it's so huge and the comics have been going on for years and years and years. So there's this huge, you know, database of characters and stories that they can pull from. And and I think the big thing is I have to continue to keep my my own self in check because I want them to tell the stories that I'm most familiar with that I, and the characters that I like the most. But like there's tons and tons of characters and stories that they can go after. And so I have to remember, hey, Steve, they're not telling the story just for you. Like you got to be patient <laughs> and uh, just go where they go. And you've liked everything else. So yeah. it'd be OK. <laughs> yeah. It would be great. What I love that for them to do is bring back Hugh Jackman in some way for as Wolverine because he will always be associated as Wolverine to me. So he really will. Yeah, he did great. Well, Steve, again, thanks so much uh, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so there you have it. My conversation with Steve, and again, I know he's an avid uh, comic book guy and Marvel and you know, just comic book guy in general. And so I had to ask him that last question. Uh, if you've got questions for him, hit him up on Twitter about uh, Disney or Marvel or or comic stuff, um, Star Wars stuff, whatever you want to hit him up on. He'd love to talk to you. And in fact, I would love to talk to you too about what it looks like for you to recruit and train volunteers during COVID. How much success are you having? What's working for you? What's not working for you? Again, as I said earlier, I'm having a really hard time with it. It's been really challenging for us, but Steve's having a lot greater success and these are some of the things that he's doing. So I think it's fantastic. So definitely hit me up on Twitter at TA Pounder or you can even hit up Steve as well at Steve Cullum and I'll include all his links in the show notes. But we would love to continue this conversation online uh, with you. So definitely hit us up on Twitter and we can carry this conversation on. Or you can even email me at Tom at YMSidekick.com. Again, I would love to talk to you a little bit more about that. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for this podcast episode. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to it. Or you can go to YMSidekick.com. There I've got the podcast. I got some vlogs. I got some blogs. I got ebooks. And I got more information about the Digital Bootcamp Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group where you can join in and learn digital tools to help you expand your reach in this very digital and online world. So go to ymsidekick.com for all that content there. All right, heroes. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day or great rest of your time. And until next time, have a great one.